This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. We begin today by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional owners of the country we are recording in today. We recognise their continued connection to the land, waters and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all First Nations people listening today. Welcome to another episode of the Boring is Bad for Business podcast. As a brand studio, we've seen too many brands play it safe and it's causing them to get lost in a sea of sameness. With this show, we want to encourage business leaders to embrace what makes them different and translate that into bold brands that delight and spark emotional connections. I'm Suji. And I'm Joel. Today's episode is part two of the secrets of a persuasive website. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, which was a couple of weeks ago, stop what you're doing with a disclaimer. If you are driving, please don't just stop suddenly. Um, Take a break. It goes back. Episode one covers the basics and the foundation and sets up what these, you know, why these principles are important. I really loved recording it. What did you think, Joel? Yeah, it was really good. It was one of the, the ones you were sort of running. Um, you had, oh, Of course, that's why I loved it. Yeah, you had the, the six um, persuasive hacks and I think we're going to talk through the, the last three. We covered the, the first three in the, in the first episode and it was, it was really good. I, I learned quite a bit. And yeah, if you haven't listened, yeah, pull over or stop in the middle of the traffic, stop what you're doing, jump back, have, have a listen and yeah, then, then come back to us. We'll wait and now we'll begin. You can't hear. So that was an introducing a sound club moment. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we'll jump in from here to the final three rules of persuasion. Now, these are the secrets to making your website more persuasive, but they're also the hacks. And what I was referring to them last time as the hacks for making your website's conversion rate ultimately come up, which is the goal for all of us here. So hack number three, it is no surprise. It's not a, um, a rule that's new. It's be consistent. But what is underpinning this, I think, is actually really interesting in the science that's behind this. So consistency in branding and design, as a designer, Joel, or a creative director, you would know this is no new rule. It's like number one rule of brand or anything you get. It's like, here's your logo, here's your colors, here's your, font, here's your fonts, here's your messaging. Keep it consistent from day one. Absolutely. But what happens with the principle of consistency is it explains why it's like this is so important and why as brands or brand managers or whoever it is that's in charge of this is so passionate. So as humans, we actually have this ingrained in us. We want to behave consistently with the words that we put out there. So what that means is a really great example. Of if you Have you ever RSVP'd to an event, Joel, and then said, yes? Yep. And then you're approaching the date and you're like, I don't actually, A, have time to go or want to go. How did that feel when you had to say, I'm not coming anymore? Oh, you feel pretty bad. You, you've, you've not lied, but you haven't held up your word. Yeah, I, I can see where you're going with the, the translation between, you know, this in the real world and then obviously this is a, you know, a, a brand or, or a website, that, that disconnect of, well, yeah, this is what we promised and this is what we've talked about and, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, and that default, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, like it's just a really uncomfortable feeling when you're inconsistent and that's what this, this hack or this rule of persuasion Dr. Tudani has found is like, it's just such an uncomfortable feeling for us as human beings to be inconsistent with our word. Mm-hmm. So what that means is you take that the other step further. It's like when we see other people being inconsistent or we see other brands being inconsistent, then we start to lose credibility. They think that they're credible or we start to lose trust in them. And when we're talking about consistency on a website, you know, I obviously see that consistency play a big part when we're talking about you know branding. 
but yeah, are you able to elaborate a little bit on you know the consistency within a within a website? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, like you touched on branding. So you will have as an you know as a website, even if you're not that established, make sure you have your basics covered. You've got your logo, colors, and fonts, and keep to them. Don't mm-hmm. start deviating and out and using a new headline font because it feels great. Sometimes as a brand owner, and I know this is true for ourselves, we get sick of seeing the same things. So it kind of plays against that. And we're like, well, let's experiment here and experiment there. But if you experiment too much, it comes back to being inconsistent. It's not great. Also be consistent in like, look for feeling. And this really applies like on a brand level, but it applies on a website. Try to tap into, okay, what's that emotion that we're trying to create on this website for somebody? Is it excitement? Is it curiosity? Is it passion? And make sure that that is fed through all of the work that's on the website and that experience. There's actually another part to the principle of consistency, and that is that you can ask people to commit to a series of very small steps, and it's easier to get their commitment because it's easier to be consistent with small commitments. However, if you're going to ask people to make like a big commitment, like a sale straight away, it's really hard. And what it means by when you ask people to go, okay, have a little interaction with my brand over here on my website, I'm going to take you then offline and interact on our socials, perhaps on our EDMs. They've gone, okay, great. I've been consistently interacting with your brand. So now I almost feel like I have to keep following through with this relationship because if I don't, I'm now being being inconsistent with that that message I told myself that I like your brand, I like your website, and I've had a good experience. Yeah, fantastic. We obviously, you know, we we've touched on this before, but we work on like a large range of, of projects and obviously, you know, bigger budgets over here and, and smaller budgets over here. But when a when a client comes to us, especially within that startup phase that you know, have a really small budget. One thing they ask me, and you know, they might not be the the right client for us, just because of where they are in in their journey. Like the one thing that I, I tell them is like, go away, pick one color, pick one typeface, and get one logo lock up, and just be consistent with that. Yeah. If that's the one thing that you do, moving moving forward, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic for for you to build that brand equity, ultimately just through through consistency. So you know, when it comes to a website as well. You know, having your promise, having your tone, having everything you've put down as as part of your brand and your identity and your messaging and just be consistent from, you know, everything on the website. And simpler, simpler if that's a word, being more simple is better. Sometimes we think that... Is better It's No, I won't go that far yet. (laughs) Save that to later. Um, Being simple is better. It's not like I think if if you are that small business who can't actually afford a more complex brand identity system, don't worry. Like you are going to get more results by being consistent with that limited color palette, those limited fonts, those limited messages, because ev- all of your energy is going into there, and so everything has so much more potency, potency and cut through. And what you're probably responding to, if you're thinking it's a bit boring, is potentially have that check with yourself. Like, is it boring to me, or is it boring to my customers? Yeah, you've touched on that earlier. I love my blue, the good studio blue, but God, man, we, we see it all day, every day. We live in it. And yeah, there's you know wants to change it and expand and, and, and go big and go bold and go... go Fluor, go, yellow, yeah, pink absolutely. And, and you're like, oh, that's, not, that's on trend. Like, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit bored with it. It's, it's like, well, no, let's go back to, to the strat. Let's go back to you know who we are as a brand. And yeah, we're bored with it because we, we see it all day, every day where... You know, a potential client is coming across this for the first time. They look at our feed, they look at our website, and like, shit, man, these guys are consistent from from top to bottom. Um, you know, that builds a big, big tick of credibility for for that business when they're when they're looking at our stuff. So, yeah, hack three: be consistent. Absolutely. Actually, you know what? I can't remember if we said three at the, part, at the start. I probably did because I'm not great with numbers. It was hack four. 
in a series oh, okay. of six. That's okay. I'm just reading the notes, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Doing the Ron Burgundy. If it's I on did. the teleprompter, I'm just going to read it. I did that too. And I wrote the notes. So Sick. there you go. Uh, yeah, so blind abs- leading the blind. At least we're consistent. We're consistent. And yeah. now we're going on to number five. That's how I actually found out that Fantastic. we were on the wrong one. So the fifth principle of persuasion or the hack that you can apply to your website to make it more persuasive and it's like a secret is users are going to like you if they're like you. That's very confusing probably to hear in audio, but it makes more sense written down. So essentially we like spending time with the people that we like because we've got something in common. So obviously Joel, we must have something in common. We've decided to start a business. We have a podcast together and well, beyond that, we don't actually spend that much time no. together, but there's we probably used not, to. There's not that much left in our lives no. to that much time apart from sleeping and eating and you know what, we can keep those things separate. Please. Um, if we, so if you, you know, if we're like somebody, we're more likely to do a favor for them when we're asked compared to if we don't like them. And it's also really true between a business and a customer. I think that this is why mediums like social media, content like podcasts have really changed the game for people like businesses to build a relationship with their customer and to nurture that relationship with their customer because these platforms are such a rich environment that like you can tell so much, you can communicate so much more, I guess, genuine feelings and genuine values and share stories on these platforms. Yeah, for sure. And I see, again, this bridge from like we're obviously talking about websites here and getting that conversion rate up, which is the, the point of today's conversation. But yeah, it leads through everything through, you know, branding, marketing, yeah, even just trying to grow your business. Like I, I have seen it out there where someone's a phenomenal designer or phenomenal animator, phenomenal photographer, but you don't like them. There's like this arrogance about them or they're just kind of a bit of a jerk. Like they, they're not nice to the waitress and you're just like, man, you, yeah, you kill it, but you're, you're a dickhead. Um, and it's like, People underestimate the importance of being likable. And if I don't want to hang out with you, I'm not going to give you work. I'm not going to work with you. And I, and I think, but this I think comes that's okay. Across- like, I think that's okay if some people don't like you. Because what I respect in that situation is that person, if they are sharing their personal brand and values, has brought that to this table. And then they're allowing you to decide if you like them. Because maybe you are a, you're not obviously a jerk. But somebody who has those jerk, um, you know, well, whatever it is, someone who feels and believes in the same things, they're going to connect and that's the person for them. And I think it's all about niching down. And so what I would say, whether we're talking about a website context right now or in the case of a brand or anything else, bring your own personality to it. And that's what this is all about. So that we understand that people will you know, do business with you if they like you, but how are they going to understand if they like you? You need to show up as you are for that. So there's a few ways you can do that on a website. First of all, like, and this is according, this is, these are sub factors to this, this idea principle of, likability or that you know we do business with people that we like so there are multiple sub factors that determine who we like and who we are going to do business with and if we trust a website so the first is physical attractiveness so just as you know you look twice at somebody who's charismatic um, or they're well presented a really well designed website with personality it gains attention and it gains trust this sounds quite rudimentary but the number of bad looking websites that are out there is atrocious like so my tip if you were working with somebody to do a website look at their website look at the websites they have created for other people do you in your gut think that they are trustworthy websites or does going onto this website a frustrate you because you can't find the information or it just doesn't look credible because there's broken links, there's missing images, or it just doesn't look, you know, the correct size on a desktop or mobile, steer clear. Because 
remind yourself it's just not you thinking that it's actually people are going to decide if they know like and trust you based on how good does it look absolutely and i kind of talk it up obviously because it's my job and if i don't talk it up no one else will but yeah the focus we put on design is is really high and you know i'm really passionate about like it needs to be physically attractive like it needs to look good and we can base it in so much strategy we can base it in data we can base it in insights and, and all this information that we have together which is really important but if it looks like shit and it's based in all those things none of that's going to have any cut through so here's yeah. the science why yeah it, it needs to look good <laughs> this is the science and i think it's actually refreshing to hear that it's not just personal opinion that things need to look good there is actually science on this behind it yeah absolutely so the second factor that determines whether we like a brand or a website is unconscious similarities. So we are attracted to brands, people, or website who are similar to us, and they are similar in the experiences, the opinions, the personality traits, or lifestyles. So again, this just reiterates the need to bring your own personality, your own perspective, your own values to the table or to your website. Because again, you're going to cut through the fluff of like who is a great customer to who is an okay customer to who is just a customer. And ideally, you want to be going for the top of that ladder. You want to be going for the super fans because they're going to be the easiest to attract. They're going to be the easiest to retain. And that's, you know, that's a benefit to your bottom line. Yeah, you see lots of businesses, you know, they're like, we want to be really environmentally focused. But we can't show that. Like, that's, like, no one cares about that. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to make a decision because, like, that's a value I hold true that we need to protect planet Earth because, you know, we don't want it to, to go away. Um, and if a business is is doing that and and putting you know their profits towards you know a B Corp or or, or something like that, I'm more likely to to hand over cash to them than than somebody else. And if you're not showing that on your website, how am I supposed to know about it? So yeah, again, it's like understand what these personal traits are, what your values are, you know, what your experiences are that led you to developing your your service or your product, and then share that out through through your website. Yeah, and I think another lens to add to that is to know, understand who your customers are and really listen to say, what do, what values do they have that actually align to mine or ours as a brand? And they're the ones that you want to be elevating and sharing up. Yeah, great point. Awesome. This brings us to our final hack or the secret of a persuasive website. And this is one that will not surprise you, but I do love the science that's behind it. So if you want a persuasive website, you're going to need to have social proof. So Dr. Tuldani defines this principle as consensus, but I think the idea of calling it social proof is something that we understand a lot more. So according to this principle, and we're talking about a persuasion, is that people look to the decisions and the actions of other people rather than trusting themselves when it comes to a decision. So this is especially important when they're in doubt or in that consideration phase of trying a product or a service, looking outside themselves to say what do other people think is where people are going to turn. And do you think this comes back from human evolution? Of, uh, yeah. You know, do I drink from this water hole or not? Yes, it, it actually is. And that's what um, the science says, that it's an evolutionary thing. Mm-hmm. It's ingrained in us. So this is, again, explaining why your testimonials, we all understand that they're there, but, you know, here's a bit of science, a bit of meat on the bone as to why you should put them there. So there are three types of social proof or consensus that you can use for your website. Number one, and it's not just testimonials, it's what I love about this. Number one is experts. So let's just say you are a toothpaste brand and you're wanting to, you're a brand new product, so people don't really know if you're trustworthy or credible. What you can do is use the testimonials or case studies or testimonials or case studies of dentists who are talking about your product and how great it is. 
That's an example of social proof, but under the lens of an expert. And because this dentist brings a qualification and industry experience, that transcends down onto your brand or your product or your service. So nine out of 10 dentists would agree with that statement? That's exactly. That's exactly what Oral-B do. Absolutely. I'm just trying to think of something that's a little bit more, you know, that's a bold claim that something, they've brought equity into it. But like, how does then the little guy do that for themselves or the little, the little woman? Well, yeah, we, we've recently seen it where, you know, working on a dental brand and the founder of the business has a dental profession background. And it's like, yeah, let's leverage Leverage that of yeah, you have more credibility than more credibility than I than I do. If you started, if I started a dental brand, they're like, well, what would this graphic designer know about teeth? Absolutely nothing. You can make great packaging though. Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) So the second type of social proof that you can use are celebrities. So celebrities can be a paid or an unpaid endorsement. And what happens is you have your celebrity that acts as, acts as a brand ambassador, ambassador or a spokesperson for your product or brand. And much like the expert effect, their, I guess, fame, their persona, their liking a product then projects onto your product or service and people are going to go, okay, great. Well, that product's good enough for Jordan in, t- in the context of shoes. It must be good enough for me. Yeah. And I think that's like, when I was thinking about celebrities, that's the most iconic. It's like the Yeezys and the Michael Jordan collaborations. Like what was once a shoe is now augmented into something so much bigger because they've, the celebrity has bought their brand and put it combined it with the shoe. Yeah, you can jump like Mike if you buy a pair of these. Um, you know, you can hit a tennis ball or, you know, do all these amazing things because, you know, Serena Williams is, is rocking it or, you know, you're going to be cool like, like Yeezy is because you're wearing is completely overpriced shoes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you, you see it and you're just like, yeah, man, this guy, this guy's oozes sickness. If I buy those, I'm going to be sick as well. Yeah. Or just get a little slither of that anyway. Yeah, for sure. So the third type is users. So approve, this is like your straight up testimonials. This is approval from other people. And I think this, if you have an e-commerce store, you have to be doing this on your website. Make sure that you have got an app that plugs into your website it shows reviews, but it also you have a system set up where you actually request those reviews from customers. That's like a minimum entry level that you need to have on your website because people are looking for the testimonials of other people, even if you've got a low price point product. Absolutely. And um, while you're listening to this, you should uh, like and review uh, our podcast. Said with a little bit of more enthusiasm. <laughs> I was just trying to get it in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Please do because A, it gets our name out there a little bit more. And B, people are going to look at your review to work out if they need to listen to this show. And if it's helped you, it can help somebody else. Absolutely. So type four is wisdom of the crowds. So this one's actually quite tricky. I really like this sub-factor of this whole, like, how do you build social proof? So wisdom of the crowds means that it's like approval from the collective of other people. So it's the crowds are different to the users because they come from a a group of people rather than just one-off. So... Ways that this actually comes to life on your website is where you have a banner on your website and it says most popular products. And this is, you know, what's happening in your brain subconsciously is like, oh, a whole group of other people think that these products or this bundle is the best option. It's not just, you know, it's different in the fact that one person is reviewing the face cream. It's the whole website traffic thinks this is the best. Um, Or customers like you have also purchased this. Yeah, you see it with books, of you can literally get onto Amazon if you play the system correctly and get like a top seller. Apparently pretty easy if you sort of niche down. Um, and yeah, to have 
on your website that Suji Ford produced a top-selling book on Amazon, like, you know, whether how much truth is, is into that, people are going to be like, oh, man, like, that credibility. Yeah. You know, wisdom, wisdom from the crowds. Mm-hmm, exactly. So there's a whole lot of people from Amazon have decided that Suji is a wonderful author and he should buy it. Yeah, they, they update it like every hour. So I don't yeah. think it's... So yeah. if I do get on there, don't take too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll still Smoke promote it. Smoke and mirrors, man. <laughs> so the final type of social proof you can do is peers. So your approval or approval from your friends or from your family and people that you know can be really leveraged as, like, um, as a tool, as a brand. That makes sense. Basically, if it's like, like you'd said in that context, the example of Suji's authored a book, if Amazon had a, an example where it's like we were connected somehow on their network and I could see the books that you had read, if mm-hmm. you know somehow it was a social network, and it's like your friend Joel is reading these books, that would be an example of, of peer influence for social proof. Okay, cool. So like credibility through someone like Airbnb and, and, and Dropbox of like you're a business partner, is that sort of way, where you're seeing this? So Airbnb, um, I think a while ago had that you could say you could I, I have a referral program. So, hey, I've been on a holiday lately and I use this service Airbnb. They probably still do have it now, and I think you'd really like it. Here's a you know a code, and that's okay. why it works. It's like go, go and try out this website or this app because I've tried it. I think you're going to like it. And in terms of social proof, as you know, or consensus, or consensus I'm then going to go. Well, my friend Joel referred me to this website it's probably a stronger referral for me than anything else, than an ad. I'll go through and follow, follow through on that. Okay, cool. And leveraging those relationships that people have and those other users have with other users. Exactly. And you can see, I think what's really great about this is it breaks up this idea. We, all, we hear social proof thrown around all the time. But the go-to for that is just thinking about a testimonial. But I hope what this uh, – this is one of my favorite tools of a persuasive website is, is actually we know how powerful that – idea of social proof is but there are actually many different ways that you can achieve that and if you layer these on top of each other then you do have a really persuasive brand and a really persuasive website so that brings us to part two the final part of the secrets of a persuasive website and where we've discussed the hacks of how you can improve your website's conversion rate by understanding the science of persuasion i hope that you've really enjoyed listening to this episode i think it's one where we have you know jumped into a topic that's quite meaty and it's going to really help your business if you do apply some of these principles to your website and yeah we're always chasing that social proof so please like and subscribe and and please give us a a review wherever you're listening Um, might not mean much to you but absolutely means the world to us and we're really looking forward to talking to you um, next time 